0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Dragon Project podcast, a series of conversations about courage. In each episode we hear a tale of a dragon in my guest's life and how they dealt with it. This will serve as a launching off point for a discussion about fear, courage and the heroism of everyday life. And this week I welcome my friend Ari to the podcast, a second year student and activist majoring in Russian and biology. Hello Ari, welcome. Hiya. How are you doing today? You good?
1: Yeah, I'm good today.
0: Fantastic. Firstly, Ari, um, can you tell me about a time in your life where you had to face a dragon of some sort?
1: Yes. Um it's quite a personal um one um, for me. And I think that the context, yeah. Um I might need to provide a little bit of it. Um but in simple words, uh, the dragon that I had to face, um, I guess, was one of vulnerability and of fear of rejection. Um, and the situation was that I was with my partner, who I'm still with now. And so we'd kind of met only really in the summer a couple of years ago and we fell in love very quickly which I don't really do very often Um, but really had this kind of connection but uh, we were at two very different points in our lives um, and seeing a future together was very hard Um, and so we kind of like put things on hold for a bit and we met over a Christmas holiday in which we had a wonderful time um and it was at that kind of point that I kind of realized my own sentiments um but I I was kind of very cautious of my feelings towards a partner because it was all very rushed it was very soon and it wasn't a very conventional kind of form of um I guess of of, a partnership of companionship uh because we're very long distance um but I kind of, sorry, it's a bit difficult, you know. <laughs> it's always a bit weird kind of trying to explain these things to completely different people uh, in your life, especially a bunch of strangers. Um, <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so he was a lot older. Um, we lived in different countries. Uh, we didn't really know each other for that long, but there was a real good connection there. Um, one that was actually, that felt quite tangible in a sense. Um, And I was really very scared of kind of saying, basically, I love you um, to them because I didn't want to come across as naive. I didn't want to kind of declare this love that I had for somebody um, because we weren't in a real position in which we could make things happen between us. So it was really just expressing like truly what I felt within, even though there was very little chance of things going well after saying it it was more of just a thing of like I need to explain really truly how I feel about somebody and I know it's the very basic thing just to say I love you um but in that situation in which basically almost every outcome can be a negative outcome I kind of had to ignore the criticisms that I was giving myself um of like it won't work out he'll take it badly he'll never want to see you again it's too soon you're too naive I had to kind of like quell all those worries about what he might react and just kind of say it for my own sake just so I had a bit of peace of mind that I'd know I'd communicated um and so I did it and he didn't say it back but (laughs) but we're still together now and we are both in a position in which we've like kind of expressed our love for each other and things are better now but it was like kind of real uncertainty of where this these three words might lead to um because it could have just been the end you know I love you and then him being like oh no it's way too soon goodbye but we kind of like I said it I faced that kind of like fear of judgment I guess Um, and one that was really personal obviously when it's your partner who you're you're speaking with it's Mm -hmm. that sense of rejection is a lot more deep Um, and I did feel a bit rejected but I'm glad I did it because I'm sure that we wouldn't be in the same kind of position that we are now if I hadn't said it in the first place anyway it's a little bit of a personal maybe a sappy dragon but (laughs) one nonetheless that I was very very scared shitless to to face so yeah that was that's my one to say I love you
0: thank you that's um a fantastic story and um we haven't actually uh, really discussed this on the podcast just how immense the dragons are of romantic in romantic life and of romantic rejection and just how scary um that the that life task is
1: And I feel like it's something that, uh, I feel like it's something that we really, that although, although it's in the confines, as I've just said, of of this kind of romantic relationship, I feel like that kind of dragon exists in our lives everywhere, not just inside romantic relationships that kind of, we were like talking about it a few days ago, but that dragon of just being able to say, I care. And even though I might look like a fool or silly or naive or whatever, that kind of thing of I love you and I care about you is, is a thing that I feel like a lot of people are scared to do. So I feel like it's, although it might be a little bit niche and specific to my situation, I feel like maybe a lot of people can relate to the fact that it's hard to admit that you, that you love, you know?
0: And yeah, it's, it's kind of, it is kind of like taking a stand for something. <laughs> and yeah. There is a um fear of I guess of the vulnerability of of the looking like you're silly, um, stupid, all of these kind of thoughts. But there's a quote by a filmmaker called Jack Smith, who, who which I love, which says, who says the other side of corniness is marvelousness. So everything that is corny is also marvelous. And those who never um, kind of expose themselves to risk of corniness never experience the marvelousness.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know, I agree. You know, in some ways, like um, I think there's something. I think it's because being corny, you, know, you kind of accept that the accept the fact that. You know, um, you. Ca- I think you kind of accept the fact that you know you're indulging in some in something. You know what I mean, and that you're kind of being explicit and outwards with your love, and you're being very obvious about it. You know what I mean. And I think, and, and you know, as you say, it's like kind of the opposite of, you know, of, of being kind of coy and secluded, and and you know, that there is a great pleasure in just being able to kind of be extroverted with with your your sentiments which which corniness often is like you know cheesiness just just saying it as it is no matter how like cringeworthy it might be
0: Mm. and what's interesting about your story is that um you the way you describe it um in a way it almost felt like the way you described it the the worst case scenario happened in a way that he didn't respond um but still it was okay and you were able to deal with it, and I think that that's really um, important message that um, that even when something something bad happens, because you'd actually gone out on a limb and asked, it was it was it was okay.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing. I was trying to reflect a lot on which kind of dragon. I could say out here today um, on the podcast but um, and I had quite a few ideas but I was like I was cautious of this one being a bit cheesy but I think what was important for me was the fact that actually the outcome that I wanted didn't happen as you were saying and um, pretty much almost one of the worst case scenarios happened Um, but you know you kind of move through it but I think that kind of like that that importance of vulnerability and like kind of just to take that leap of faith um, is, you know, is important because although it might not directly lead you to what you want, it still helps you progress in a way. Um, And yeah, at least that's what I think.
0: And an interesting um, development in my life that has happened over the past year and a half or so has been um, an increasing awareness of my heart, Um and there's such an old cliche of follow your heart or speak with your heart. Mm -hmm. Um, but in my experience, I experienced a kind of psycho-biological, actual messages from my heart of things to do and challenges that it set. And what's interesting to me is that the etymology of courage, it comes from the root Latin core, meaning heart.
1: Mm. Yeah. Well, I think it's because you need to be able to I think the reason, like, I mean, at least the way that I think of the word courage, right, um, it's not just being able to do things. Um, just It's not, not being able to just do hard things. It's it's kind of the way that you deal with that pounding sensation in your chest when you are faced with fear. So that kind of courage is that ability to kind of, like, listen to what your heart is saying, Um you know like beating 500 miles an hour um but not let it kind of cripple you and being able to feel this the way the way that it's affecting your body and your mind and being able to channel that into making like a decision you know what I mean so um even for me right now a little bit my heart is pounding but you know I'm not going to try to let that kind of fear of I'm not quite sure what fear is now, but that fear kind of like paralyzed me. It's that that being able to kind of be aligned with your sensations and kind of, I guess, streamline your body a bit more, to kind of do what you want to do in a sense, you know, um, kind of finding that that ability to, yeah, to do to do what your heart desires, you know, not just let the fear kind of
0: consume you. Mm. and there is a such a strong and obvious link between love and the heart and it was something that uh, (laughs) I spent a long time contemplating what is love Um, and then it kind of struck me in this moment of just kind of sheer obvious clarity that the symbol of love that we all openly acknowledge is the heart Um, so 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 it, it kind of made me aware that almost in one way, love is a beating heart um, and it's something that's so obvious, but uh, kind of an unspoken link almost.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think people take for granted um, what love means in, in a sense and what it represents and where it comes from. You know, I think that we sling the word around. I wouldn't actually, I'm not sure that that's a fair way to, to say, but I feel like we say it a lot of the time without kind of like realizing how it makes us feel when we use the word because it is a really powerful word because it is a declaration of of care it is a declaration of vulnerability you know of effort and energy um which you know which is quite personal it's quite it's really intimate you know um and I think that yeah I think it would be lovely to just kind of oh there you go I feel like it'd be lovely to kind of yeah Kind of be a bit more aligned with, yeah, those sensations of love and what it means in the world around us, which is, you know, why I'm so interested in in the Dragon Project and, and the love activism that, that we try to create and, and share.
0: Yeah, and moving on to activism, um, what does uh, the value of courage, how does that relate to activism for you?
1: Well, I think... Yeah, so I think for me it, it definitely strikes a clear comparison, and it's paralleled to yeah, a declaration of care and a declaration of of investment. And so when I think of courage and activism, I think it's it's a really emotional journey in which you, as an individual, are declaring that you care about something and that you want to improve it. And that's the kind of premise of activism, whatever it may be, you know, um, gender, race, like political, like class, activism, all of this, you know, it's all kind of like, it all links to that fact that like people need that courage in order to, yeah, to say that they want some change, that that they want something to improve, that they care about something enough that they are willing to make themselves vulnerable in order for change to happen. Um, if that makes any sense.
0: Yes, and I've been thinking a lot about The Fool recently, the archetypal character and the card in the tarot, the only unnumbered card in the tarot is The Fool. Um, and um, and I made some notes from a podcast um, called This Young In Life where they talk about the archetype of The Fool. It's episode 157. And they say that, the fool brings that which has been disallowed or discarded or devalued in the rest of the culture or in the psyche. And the innocence and the open-heartedness of the fool can be associated with that of the child. And the child in the emperor's new clothes says, but the emperor is naked, is an example of a fool, that person who isn't burdened by social expectations and can therefore speak truth. And I think the emperor's new clothes is a great example of really what um i see activism as and especially that related to climate change and the climate emergency um i think of the example of the activist who ran onto the football pitch with the uh t-shirt which said uh i believe it was stop oil um that he was doing something which was kind of openly quite foolish and um Mockable and I was certainly laughed at, but he was doing it for a cause that he truly believed in. And I think that the 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 fool is a great um archetype of the modern day activist that you're having to mm. expose yourself to ridicule, to laughter, to embarrassment for a for a higher cause for something that you believe in.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and I think that you see that a lot echoed in a lot of activists movement so for example xr um like whatever you whatever you may believe about xr um they you kind of can't doubt the fact that they they do put them in a position they do put themselves in a position in which they can be mocked and they can be laughed at because i think that unfortunately a lot of climate activism or activism in such a busy um and such a stimulating world, I guess, um, creates this necessity for yeah, for, for 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 attention, like the the necessity to be seen, and pub like you know, in this case, all publicity is good publicity, you know. So even if you're, you know, um, you know, foolishly sing in the middle of roads, or you know, blocking traffic or blocking tubes, um, which you know is very mockable. Um, then you know you're you're creating a name for yourself, or at least showing that that you care. And I think that it's not just activism within the environmental kind of, um, I guess, sector, but activism everywhere is mocked a lot. I think, um, especially on the internet. Um, I definitely see. Maybe it's just because I go on Reddit too much, but um, <laughs> but you definitely see. Uh, <laughs> you definitely see a lot of. Uh, yeah, I guess judgment um and mockery of, of those people who care you know I at secondary school I was that person who cared about things and I was that person who was also a little bit bullied for it you know I was the one vegan kid I was the one you know kid part of the gay straight alliance you know um you know trying to trying to try to do those things that other people were kind of afraid to um I guess I just kind of felt a little bit more mobile too because I never really felt um constrained in the same way that a lot of people do by uh, societal expectations so I was happy to defy those and take that kind of that loss of being a fool um, at the expense of being a you know uh, so at the expense of my own guess uh, image public image I was happy to to declare my love and my care for
0: things um, but
1: yeah activism in general yeah gets gets a bad rep
0: And uh, a, recent, a f- recent film that I watched that um, it did um, depict a straight white male, so it, wasn't, it didn't have an intersectional lens, but where I thought it was interest- really interesting was in its depiction of this, going back to the fool um, archetype and the, the hero and the fool, because it was called The Phantom of the Open and it was about a man, a 47-year-old um, crane driver called Morris Flickcroft. Who decided, age 47, who was going to enter the British Open, despite having never played golf before, um, and as a result, he ended up scoring the worst ever <laughs> round of golf, <laughs> highest score ever. Um, but and was was there thereafter regarded as the world's worst professional golfer because he took professionals to enter into the event. Um, But what the film did really well was to show his, was to show the story from his point of view and to show the kind of the heroic nature of his, his quest to play professional golf, despite having no experience and the challenges that he faced, the dragons that he had to encounter um, to do something that was incredibly foolish (laughs) and ridiculous. Mm. Um, But also strangely courageous
1: well i think that's also um i think that's really interesting as well that 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 premise because i think also a lot of the time um we kind of you know i think that also an issue of like like part of this whole problem um of like this unawareness of dragons and how to face them and 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 all and all of that like or some of the unawareness is is the fact that success and achievement looks in such a particular like it, it has a form it has a standard form and i think that this form that it currently has in our society does not really allow for kind of learning and evolution and making mistakes as part of that success and that's a problem because you know like the thing is like not always necessarily being right or doing the best thing but it's having that intention to want to kind of get better and overcome and adapt and you know that very human that very human voice inside of us Um, and so like I kind of feel like you know even though you know he might have been the worst professional golf player in the entire world um and you know that quest was foolish I think that you know I think you can take something from it maybe to be like you should do things even if it might not necessarily be you know the greatest success in your life as long as there is a chance for like improvement in learning and you know reflection then then that's a success in itself um, in a way you know what I mean
0: Yes, and Neil Gaiman said it's a fool's prerogative to utter truths that no one else will speak, and I think that that's one thing that Maurice Flickcroft did was he he showed he uttered the truth, which was the elitism of golf, and as a working class man showed up with with his foolishness showed up the system and um spoke truth to power in that way. Mm. yeah. So as a final question, um, I think um, it's easy to be kind of doom and gloom about the future and about what's the world situation and it's, it's quite easy to um, analyze all of the faults and problems that lie in the world. But what is a reason that you can find to be optimistic about the future?
1: Oh, see, I'm an optimistic person, so it's not too hard of a question. (laughs) Um, Well, well, Um, what can we be optimistic about? Well, I think that, you know, where to start? There's there's, there's quite a lot of things. I think that, I think things like this just existing (laughs) is a brilliant thing to be optimistic about. Um, in the sense that it just demonstrates the fact that there are actually people who are interested in life, you know, and love, like, things that are really important, you know. Um, And I think that this concept in its own right is something very optimistic to be about. And I know that there are a lot of um, other people who kind of, although they might not know how to verbalise it, they all kind of seek something similar, this kind of connection between humans and i think that we're at a point now in time especially our generation with the climate crisis with everything that's going on around the world all the problems in the middle east you know all the problems in russia ukraine you know pretty much everywhere in the world you know we have access to all this information and you know we basically see a lot of a lot of things but i think that what kind of covid showed a little bit is that like it kind of simplified life again a little bit during lockdown people kind of had a little bit of a slower pace in life and I think I heard a lot of people kind of who had the you know the the ability to kind of lead slower lives they were very grateful for it um speaking to a lot of friends and family at least you know they were very happy to just sit inside and you know do things around the house and check on a neighbor once in a while you know go on walks um and I think we're kind of increasing gratitude a little bit um, in what we see because we see so much negativity. I think that people are trying to be a bit more positive of, of about the things that they do have around themselves. Um, and I think we're also a generation that's going to be just really aware of all of these problems. And I think we're we've got our eyes open to these problems. And so naturally, we're going to have an instinctive force or energy to to solve these problems and care about each other as you know as humans Um, and so yeah I think that like I think mostly our circumstances being very dire might help to kind of like see the fact that there are actually really good things in life that that we have got you know I'm very grateful to be here and not somewhere else in the world um you know that's suffering from from problems out of my control you know um uh we're kind of like we're always going to have that desire to kind of live and have those around us live and so that's going to keep us going through all the hardships that we face um as long as we just remember to love each other openly I guess
0: thank you so much Ari that's that was beautiful and I think um i'd like to end with a quote from um, a a medium article by um, a lady named c m barrett called the wisdom of the fool Um, the quote goes like this when i think of the fool i also think of the mineral called pyrite if i'm pronouncing it correctly it was first named fool's gold because prospectors often mistook it for gold Although its glitter deceived these seekers, the more experienced miners knew that where pyrite was found, a little more searching could yield gold. In the same way, those who follow the foolish whispers of their hearts and their intuition will be led to the realization of their dreams. This is the fool's journey. So be more foolish, everyone. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to have you on.
1: Thank you, thanks for giving me the opportunity.
0: And I will see you guys next week. Thank you, goodbye.